0: Welcome to Attorney Heart, the podcast focused on bringing awareness to and promoting attorney well-being. Join Attorney Heart as you embark on a journey to improve the quality of your professional and personal life. And now, here's your host, Fernando Flores. Hi, everyone. Thank you for listening in. My name is Fernando Flores, and I am your host of Attorney Heart. On today's episode, Alua Arthur is an attorney who has a beautiful story of how she found her calling and started her own business called Going with Grace. Alua is focused on providing end of life planning and support, and we will definitely get into the details of her work in a bit. But when it comes to the six dimensions of attorney well being, this episode covers the spiritual, occupational, physical, and emotional dimensions. We delve into the topic of death and preparing for death in a way that I've never gone into it before, and I really appreciate my conversation with Alua for that. With that, enjoy the next episode, and thank you again for listening in. All right, everyone, welcome to another episode of Attorney Heart. Really, really thankful for uh, you listening in. And today I am so excited, so pumped to have an awesome guest, Alua Arthur. Alua, thank you so much for being on. I really appreciate it.
1: Thanks, Renanda.
0: And um, Alua, just like I do with every other guest, uh, just tell us a little bit about uh, your background and, and, and what, is, what is your current uh, work uh, about, uh, just so sure. that our, our listeners can, can get a sense of that.
1: Sure. So uh, probably goes without saying, but I'll say it anyway. I am an attorney <laughs> licensed in the, <laughs> in the state of California since 2004. Uh, I practiced- Wow, for-
0: 14 years, Lua?
1: Can you believe that?
0: Wow. that's.
1: I don't feel old enough for that, but for some reason, that's actually the reality of it.
0: Well, look, you look really young, Alua, to be practicing for 14 years or being an attorney for 14 years.
1: (laughs) Thank you. Um, And I stopped practicing law formally about five years ago, and I'm currently the founder and um, owner and operator of Going With Grace, which is an end-of-life planning and support organization.
0: Okay. Okay. And, and um, what is uh, the work that you do as, as, you call that end of life planner, right? Yeah. Okay. And so uh, what, is, what is the work that you do as an end of life planner? How, do you, um, how did you end up getting into that field, first of all? That's so interesting.
1: It's quite a story filled with a lot of serendipity, but I was in Cuba uh, on a medical leave of absence from work when I was practicing law. Mm -hmm. And I met a young woman on a bus, totally serendipitously. In fact, I was running in the street and a car almost hit me. And, you know, I jolted when the car almost hit me and thought to myself, get it together, girl. Like, don't get killed running in these streets. (laughs) And and later on, made it to my bus stop. And there was a woman at the bus stop who offered to delay the bus for me so I could get on because I was running late. And Mm -hmm. she acted crazy to try and get me on the bus, bless her. I made it on the bus, we started chatting our conversation, I learned that she had uterine cancer and was on a trip to see the top six places she wanted to see before she died. Wow. So we talked a lot about her living. We talked about her dying. I realized during our conversation that there was not many people that she felt comfortable talking to about her dying, which surprised me. I mean, I understand that there's a way that you can open up with a stranger on a bus that in a foreign country that you might not be able to do with your closest friends, But we went deep, real quick. Uh, We spent Mm. the first seven hours on the bus together and then spent another seven hours on the bus together because she decided to stay with me rather than get off. And during that time, it got very clear to me that my life's work was gonna be working with people to prepare them for death, one way or another. Like, clear as day. Wow. And the story is that ultimately we went we got off the bus together and went to go um, to the guest house that I rented. And she was in the car that had almost hit me on the street when I was in the city before. And she had no idea who I was. She thought I was Cuban. But since I showed up at the bus stop, she had a feeling that there was a reason why, you know, we bumped into each other like that, so made sure to get me on the bus. And she led me to my life's work. And I, ultimately, I led her to hers. But we. She's a soul sister for sure.
0: Wow, that is awesome, Alua. And so it sounds like you still keep in touch with her. Or, yeah. wow, that is
1: absolutely.
0: That is that's such a unique way of, uh, of finding your calling. I don't know if that's I'm accurately putting it, but it just sounds like a very, very unique way.
1: Absolutely. And in retrospect, it's completely undeniable. You know, after mm-hmm. after that moment on the bus, it was very much a light bulb moment. I had never thought about death and dying before in any significant way. I certainly hadn't thought much about my own mortality or that of all of us walking around, but I came back to the States after that meeting and became singularly focused and almost obsessed with learning as much as I could about the field and what the gaps were in it and what the existentialists thought about it and practically what was going on and medical care and everything Mm. around the end of our lives became a really important topic to me. yeah, and then from there I started realizing the gaps that currently existed in the system and chose to do something about it. So I founded Going with Grace.
0: Awesome. Awesome, awesome. And so what are what are some of those gaps that you ended up finding in the system that you are now working to fill, although?
1: Primarily it's with preparing people for death. Okay. It's something that we're all going to go through and none of us know the time and when it's going to come. Yet none very few of us are prepared. And by prepared, I don't necessarily mean emotionally and mentally, although that has a lot to do with it. We Mm -hmm. largely live in a death, I call it death-resistant culture, Mm -hmm. where nobody wants it to happen, and we're all terrified it's going to happen, yet we all know it's going to happen at some point. We don't talk about it. We don't do anything about it. So more than just estate planning, which there's plenty of estate planning attorneys out there and they do a great job, so I don't even touch it, but I do all the practical preparation helping people get clear on what their desires are for life support, who will make your decisions for you in the event that you can't, writing down your clear desires for funerals, burial, mm-hmm. cremation, is there money set aside for it? Where is all your money? Who's gonna get it once you die? What do you wanna go through probate? What can maybe skip probate? Do you wanna set up a trust? Just mm-hmm. talking to people about what, what happens after they die to support the people in their lives because otherwise it becomes a big old mess and a burden for those of us that are left behind. Yeah. And I think it's pretty cruel that there's this burden that's left for people who are also grieving. Like, mm-hmm. grief is, they can, it knocks people off their feet entirely. Like, they wake up in the morning, they don't know which way is up, they don't know if it's morning or afternoon or night. The whole world has shifted for them. Yet, then we also require them to bust through and work through bureaucracy. I don't know if you've ever talked to a life insurance company on the phone. <laughs> Man. God. Right? Or been at the DMV or had to talk to social security. And we're asking people to do that when they're also grieving. And this is something that we're all going to experience at some point or another, either through our parents or a loved one. And I just think that the way the system is set up right now, doesn't support our fellow man very well. So I'm working on it. I'm doing my best.
0: That's awesome. I, you know, and honestly, even having this conversation, I feel that, uh, we're definitely breaking a lot of uh of that resistance because you're right it's it's definitely not something that we tend to just uh sit down on you know on your commute and you meet someone like, "Hey, so have you prepared for?" Uh, death uh, recently <laughs> or yeah. at work with your colleagues. Hey, how's your uh, death planning going? <laughs> it's just not right? something that we do. And especially you're right, like with family members, because we don't want to think about that, right? We don't want to think about your loved ones dying. But I think you're right. If if you want to be able to support them once you're gone, planning for it is definitely a way that uh, you can do that. And I mean, you're totally like just, Giving me some some very powerful ideas and thoughts, even for my own life right now, Alua. So I I think uh, we'll need to connect after this podcast.
1: (laughs) We will, because you know I already want to ask you all the questions about (laughs) what you know about your wife's affairs. Yeah. But I can wait.
0: (laughs) That's right. That's right. No, hey, that's a that's a really good question, a really good point. Um, so do you feel, Alua, that that your um your practice in the legal field uh, helped you or prepared you? Is that something that you continue to use as you have grown your, your business uh, on, and or as you help your clients?
1: Absolutely. That degree has come in handy. I mean, there were years, if I'm going to be frank, where I was like, why did I do this? But <laughs> man, let me tell you, it's really come in handy. Not okay. only as it comes to getting access and entree into certain areas, like You know, I can talk to life insurance people. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm not I'm not her representative, necessarily. I'm not appointed to take on the case. I'm talking about my clients, but I can speak on her behalf as an attorney. Um, Moreover, it's given me the ability to synthesize a large amount of information and find the actual issue. You know, we learn Mm -hmm. issue spotting and practice it while we're practicing. And that's something that's been really useful in this work because if this is the universe of facts that are happening, where are the gaps and what do I need to do in order to fill them? I'm quick with it. And mm-hmm. I think that's the result of having practiced for a while. Yeah. Yeah. And also I understand the probate system. You know, I have sure. some entree into the probate system. Those little three letters behind my name, that Esquire really supports in a lot of ways. Yeah.
0: And, yeah. Do, you, and do you feel that um, in terms of your, uh so is it is it like estate planning in a way or is, or is it different from estate planning in some ways because it sounds like if you're you're being really practical about the way that you support people um yeah. is, is that kind of how estate planning is i don't know estate planning law um
1: in a way in a way okay. i mean it certainly has people think about their possessions and what they want done with them and how to leave a legacy Mm-hmm. So that's a big portion of it. But I think the remaining portion is all the actual practical things and how to navigate the system afterward. Estate planning attorneys generally also will help people navigate probate and get the will probated. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think it's also important that we spend some time talking about all the other things that go along with just their finances and their possessions. Yeah. Yeah. Like. Yeah.
0: What are some things that you typically see that are, are recurring issues that most people don't think about, but the, you know, there really some some practical things that you can do to prepare. Um, you know, we don't, we never know when our day is going to come, right? So, just what are some things that that, that you work with uh, in your, you know, in your clientele to to help them through?
1: One of the biggest ones is life support. Okay because it's something that causes a lot of grief. And so having a conversation with a client, not just, do you want to be on life support or do you not? That's mm-hmm. too broad. People can say yes or no without really understanding. It's important to me to tease out what their values are to help people understand, you know, at what point would death be worse, would living be worse than dying?
0: Mm, okay.
1: And starting there as a foundational question and then really trying to understand what their values are. Is it more important that, um, you have time for people to, in your life to come in and say goodbye. Is it more important that your body not be kept alive on machines for a while? Is it more important that the, it's not too expensive for your family? Mm. You know, people have mm-hmm. a bunch of different values, and it's not for me to judge. It's just for me to help them understand what they are. And that's not something that can be done in a yes or no question. I mean, we can, but I right. think that we're doing people a disservice. If do you want to be on my support, yeah, great.
0: <laughs> <But> it, <laughs> How yeah. long?
1: What types of treatments are okay with you? What are right. too invasive? Does your religion um, preclude any? Like, what? There's. It's so complex. Yeah.
0: yeah. Man.
1: So that's one thing that estate planning certainly doesn't do.
0: Okay. Okay. Man, that's really powerful, Aloha. You know, and and it, it's definitely um uh one of the things that I've been trying to do with with Attorney Hart is to bring awareness as well to um, as you are here, as you are living, how is it that on a day-to-day level, you are taking care of yourself, right? And so, you know, I would love to hear your your story, your background on, uh, you know, the challenges that you may have faced as an attorney. And then also as you transitioned now as a, as an entrepreneur, you know, what are those challenges and, and um, how you tend to take care of yourself? Because I feel as, as, a, as attorneys, you know, we're, we're definitely um, very, very busy, very, you know, again, fast paced, high stress. And I feel that the more we learn about a str- strategies that work for each other, I think the better we can set ourselves up for success.
1: Yeah, I tend to agree. Um, I'll start with presently, since I'm okay. now in a healthy place and I can I can look back and see how I got here and the things that were necessary to get me here. Okay. But my self-care practices now are meditation and exercise primarily. And I also take plenty of mental health breaks when I need to. Mm. Uh, I can, I think, as a lot of us in the profession can do, get real dialed in and zoomed in on one minute thing. I mean, we work with so much detail and then be so singularly focused that I zoom everything else out. And it's very important and necessary for me to zoom out and look at the big picture mm-hmm. of what I'm trying to accomplish. Otherwise I get so tight in the detail. Right. Um, so meditation, exercise, zooming out, breathing techniques are great. I love to hike, I love being outside. Just anything that feels good in my spirit and my body. It's so important for me mm-hmm. to move my body and to ground in the body because that's what brings me back into this very human experience is when i think about my body itself um all this was born after a long uh i'd say about a three-year mild grade depression that became very acute at some point wow yeah i was it was a mid-grade like i i wasn't feeling really happy with my life but i was just kind of trucking and i kept Mm. doing things to try to make it better and i take trips and on the outside, things looked great. I was working part-time, I was taking photos part-time, I had interesting boyfriends, I traveled, my closet was great, like, I was making enough money, everything looked okay.
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: But something was out of whack, and I couldn't identify it. And then it reached fever pitch, and it was like, girl, handle (laughs) this." So wow. the only thing I could do, I ended up taking a medical leave of absence because it got so bad that there were, I mean, I'd cry every day going into work. I'd cry wow. a lot. I'd go into the car to go cry at times just so I could be by myself. I'd lost a bunch of weight. I wasn't wearing any color, which you know me. It's rare. <laughs> um, <laughs> I was like wearing gray and black all the time. I wow. wasn't being very social. I was drinking more than usual. Just all the signs Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. that something wasn't working in my life and i wasn't paying any attention
0: wow i mean that's that's um definitely sounds like a tough journey to go through uh but you sound like you are in a very different place now and uh definitely commend you for that and it's not easy to go through something like that and there's definitely signs that come up right and we tend to focus on just going, going, going and uh, not take time to just pause and do all the things that you're doing now, right? You know, from breathing, taking time to meditate, taking time to exercise, you know, focus on your mind and body and just holistic well-being. So um, thank you for sharing that, Alua. That's that's a very, very deep and vulnerable story. Mm, My pleasure.
1: um, I mean, I don't think it was in vain. You know, Mm -hmm. like none Mm -hmm. of it was in vain. At times it felt so hopeless, but I mean, at the time I didn't have any hope that it would get better, but by continuing and just keep it going. And I mean, not stopping to say I can't do this anymore, but rather finding hope in like the smallest places in like little things where I could find it was the thing that kept me going. And at some point though, it was, no longer possible for me to find hope in like the little things. And I -hmm. I had to actually put a pause on everything to work, to get healthy. Right. Yeah.
0: And I think that's, that's sometimes the, 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 it it may seem like a small step, but it's the biggest step. Once you just make that decision, you know what, I need to do something about this. I need to make that, you know, put pause and, and figure out what's going on with myself and then move forward. You know, little something that came up for me right now is, you know, in you going through that, uh, journey where you went through depression yourself, do you feel that you, uh, are able to support the clients that you work with as they, uh, you know, may or may not experience similar, you know, emotional states, um, Yeah. Can you you talk a little bit about that? Or do you have someone that you refer them out to um, for that support?
1: So naturally grief is a portion of my work. So Mm -hmm. I do some grief support either through grief coaching or grief counseling Um, when it's acute and it is more than I can handle. I certainly refer them out. Okay. Um, But yes, I do support in that way. However, Uh, I don't think that my ability to do that is based on my own experience because Mm. I think everybody's experience with grief and depression is so individual. Mm -hmm. And there is some level of understanding. But until I'm living in their body, looking out their eyes, I will never quite understand. You know what I mean? Right. And so I do my best to, I mean, I can remember what it is that I needed at that time. Mm -hmm. And so I try to be that. But it's not always what somebody needs. So yeah, I do my best. I do my best. I think it does give me a, decent amount of compassion though
0: right and yeah and yeah, no, I, th- I think that's a that's a really good perspective and really good insight in terms of you're right not everybody experiences it the same way and what may have worked for you in terms of coming out of your depression may not work for the next person i think that's a really good point
1: right absolutely absolutely i meditated my butt off yeah but i was at the point yeah i've always joked that this chapter in my book would be called medication or meditation because we we were standing on the precipice and the doctor was like, you need to take some medicine, honey. And I was like, no! (laughs) Like, I wanted to be strong and it wasn't a chemical imbalance and I could do it and it wasn't as bad as everybody thought. Mm -hmm. Even though I'd cry for hours on end, I'm fine, I'm fine. I wasn't fine. Yeah, but eventually it turned around. And I think that for some people, medication is absolutely necessary. Right. Yeah.
0: And, you know, I think, I think, Lou, I think, you know, the way, the way that even that you just uh, described her right now, as you were like resisting it, right? Like, no, I don't, I don't need it. I think in our profession, particularly, the more that I've been doing uh, the work that I'm doing now, the more I've been seeing that any issues related to mental health are really tabooed, you know, in our profession, you know, we're not we're supposed to deal with it on our own. We're supposed to handle it on our own. You know, we went through law school. We passed the bar. And if you didn't pass the bar the first time, you passed it the second time. You were a machine. You don't, you know, you don't go through any of these things. And you are mentally strong no matter what gets thrown your way. <laughs> right? I mean, right. We're, we're laughing about it now, right? But it's, it's definitely <laughs> it's definitely what happens to um a lot of attorneys that I've spoken to and even if it's not to the level of depression right um it could be mild anxiety but persistent mild anxiety right or or just really feeling stressed out all the time and just constantly feeling your heart pumping and your blood pressure going all the time i mean those you know those are things that eventually can lead to more serious things right but in our profession we're just supposed to handle it on our own and it, if, if, if you get into a dark place, you're supposed to come out by yourself. And I'm trying to change, you know, the, 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 um, the way that we talk about mental health, you know, even if you are going through something and in my view, you know, you're still very, very, uh, very intelligent. You're still very strong. There's, it's not discrediting you, and discrediting you in any way, you know, Uh yeah, no, I, I just I really appreciate it again, Lua, just you you being very very direct and being vulnerable about your experience and how you help others through uh, similar processes.
1: Do my best. Do my best. I also want to touch on one thing you just said, mm-hmm. which you know it's it's very it's rampant in our in our attorney community to push through, mm-hmm. you know. But I also think it's a larger societal problem as a whole that in this culture we don't we don't take the time to say well, what are the cues my body's giving me. What am I experiencing right now? What is this anxiety? Is it anxiety? Checking in with emotional ontologists. And I chatted about, this, chatted about this a little bit earlier. But checking in to say, what is it that I'm experiencing? What is the cause of this? How is it manifesting in my life? Doing that work to get comfortable and familiar with our emotions and our emotional body so that it's not manifesting in other ways later on. So, yes, this push through and not pay attention and just keep going. It's not working so well.
0: Yeah. You know, for, for, uh, yeah, it's true. I mean, for a a very long period of time I didn't pay attention to the emotional dimension of myself. I completely disregarded it. I don't know, you know, if you ever went through that, but that just, what that does, it just kind of causes, uh, you know, the pressure cooker to explode, you know, and, and it's not, uh, allowing yourself to really understand what you are feeling what you are going through emotionally not allowing yourself to process it and understand it acknowledge it you know and and you disregarding all of that emotional aspect of yourself of your being is disregarding a lot of who you are as a person right um and that's definitely something that i learned uh over over the past years and um, just on how to become more holistic uh, in terms of my my outlook towards health,
1: health, well being.
0: Yeah. So, Alua, I wanted to ask you. So, if you know you are you know a law student, and if if you are an attorney who's going through a stressful situation i'd like to ask this of my guests because everybody brings something different to the table and um what advice would you give you know to someone who's either in their first year of law school if you remember that that was uh that was intense (laughs) if you are taking the bar or studying for the bar um And you're preparing for that. That's also intense. If you're an attorney and you're, you have a, you know, huge docket, you know, huge caseload. um, That's also really intense. You know, what, what advice do you, would you give to those newer attorneys, those in law school, those that are starting out in the profession, you know, now that you have this ability to look back and provide that advice?
1: Uh, The first thing, I think the most important thing is to give yourself some grace. Mm. It doesn't have to be right. It doesn't have to be perfect. Your career, if you want it to be, can look like a bunch of different things. And so it's important that we give ourselves grace in the process to try something, see how it works. And if it doesn't, pull back and try something new. It has no bearing on our intelligence or our strength or our ability to push through or anything, just allow ourselves some grace Mm. with this journey of life and also particularly the journey of a career, this career in particular. Yeah.
0: Yeah. That's, no, that's, that's a really, really good, uh, a good angle. Um, yeah. And, and I think sometimes, um, you know, folks in the legal profession, are on the track, and you know we just stay on it, and we don't want to come off of it, um, and we want to go at a certain speed all the way through, right? But I think that's that's a really good, really really good point. Um, absolutely. And Alua, you know, if if somebody in in the legal profession wants to get in touch with you to uh, prepare for, as you described it, uh, what's inevitable right? Our, 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 our physical death. Um, You know, how can they learn more about what you're doing? How can they learn more about how you are helping clients and uh, potentially help them prepare for um, that inevitable event, which is our death? Yeah. Uh,
1: The best place is my website, www.goingwithgrace.com. Going with Grace is the company name. And I guess now that we're talking about it, really going with grace is the best that we can hope for in all of our situations in life, first year of law school or nearing our death. So www.goingwithgrace is the best place to find me. Um, Also, my email address, alua at goingwithgrace.com. I'm all over the internet. You can search my name, Alua Arthur, and you can find me.
0: Okay. Awesome, Alua. Is there anything that you uh, want to leave our listeners with? Any any other tidbits that, you know, they should consider either related to your work or, uh, you know, going from attorney to entrepreneur? Um, any Anything that you want to leave? Oh, boy. <laughs> White canvas. Ah, <laughs> I'd
1: say, I mean, the thing that I keep coming back to is that This life and our work can be a playground if we choose it. Mm. Or it can be a prison if we choose it. But it's a question of what we're choosing and why. And every day we get to choose and if it's not working, we can shift. Mm. And then try that. And if that works, then keep it going. And when it doesn't work anymore, we can shift again. And some of us have had a few shifts thus far in the career and in life. And it's going to make for a really interesting obituary. (laughs) (laughs)
0: i love it alua so (laughs) so basically pivot until you find fulfillment yeah yeah love it it, alua as long as
1: that works and when it doesn't work anymore pivot again (laughs)
0: yeah (laughs) awesome alua i want to i want to thank you so much i really really appreciate your time and honestly your energy and the awesome uh just input and and your story sharing and really really appreciate it all
1: My pleasure, Fernando. I hope it can touch somebody or somebody can learn or feel some freedom and grace in their own story. So thank you for having me.
0: Awesome. That's my hope as well. So thank you everyone for listening in and we'll catch you at the next uh, Attorney Heart episode. Take care. Bye, Lua. Bye. Hi, everyone. Fernando here again to thank you for listening in to another Attorney Heart episode. If you like this episode, please make sure to give it a thumbs up and if it can benefit anyone that you know, please share it. Attorney Heart is brought to you by iMatter Now. I-M-A-T-E-R-N-O-W. Please make sure to check our website at imatternow.com. Again, imaterno And join I Matter Now's Facebook page. Follow us for future events and additional resources. Every day presents an opportunity to engage in self-care. And remember that it is not selfish to take care of your well-being. It is necessary. So take care and connect with you on the next attorney heart episode.